Hi, I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. This episode is the fourth and final episode in our mini-series on the Wilder Theaters of Tidewater, Virginia. We've looked at theater owner and operator William Wilder and the Newport, Gates, Warwick, and Virginia theaters. For today's episode, we'll look at Wilder's final, and possibly finest, theater of the 1930s, the Collie. I have to tell you that this theater is what led me to Wilder and gave me the idea to do a series on his theaters. The Collie, now the narrow expanded cinema, often does special showings, and I'd usually rather see a movie I've seen many times on their neighborhood big screen than go and see something new at the mall multiplex. It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas, a hilarious date night to see a 20th anniversary showing of Cruel Intentions, a Valentine's Day showing of A League of Their Own that we squeaked in right before COVID began. And although I've never done it, The Narrow is probably best known for their regular showings of Rocky Horror Picture Show. They've been doing them for over 40 years. So to sum up, this theater is awesome and I'm really glad it exists. All right, on with the show. An early dream. William S. Wilder contemplated the construction of a new theater in Norfolk's Ghent neighborhood as early as 1931. He applied for rezoning of a parcel on Shirley Avenue near Colley Avenue to build a theater that would be similar to his Newport Theater. Although the permit was initially approved, that decision was later reversed by the city council. Wilder continued to pursue permits into the early part of 1932, apparently to no avail. I wonder if being denied the permit in 32 led Wilder to look for other options and contributed to his acquiring the Warwick in Newport News. It wasn't until late April 1935 that the Norfolk City Council finally awarded Wilder a permit to operate a theater. At that time, he estimated that it would cost from $45,000 to $50,000 to build and equip his theater. He hoped that the theater would be open by the end of August that year. It's not completely surprising that Wilder's four-month timeline wasn't realized. By September of 35, the work had started, but the expected opening had been pushed to December. That deadline was missed, too. Wilder's long sought-after theater, one that he hoped would become a gathering place for the community, finally opened in February of 1936. A dream realized. And quite an opening it was. The Art Deco-style Collie Theater opened on February 24, 1936, to great fanfare, complete with a parade, drum and bugle corps, and a harpist. The opening ceremonies were broadcast for half an hour on local radio, and bouquets were thrown indiscriminately at the beautiful new theater and William S. Wilder, founder and owner. But let's rewind for a minute and talk a little more about the building itself. It cost Wilder roughly $75,000 to build a new theater that offered modernism, the utmost in entertainment, intimate environment, and comfort, as well as a number of new features not to be found in any other theater in the region. A local contractor, W.T. Gregory, was responsible for construction. Sadly, I wasn't able to find an architect to credit with designing this building, although I think it's very likely there was one. Some details on the interior directly from the Virginian Pilot newspaper. 
The Collie Theater seats 800 guests and seats them with a degree of comfort probably not to be duplicated elsewhere in the city, unless it be in one's easy chair at home. This is due to the use of the latest upholstery of the air cushion type. Many of the theater's furnishings were provided by a couple of Norfolk companies, Kennedy Inc. and Kofers. As an aid to viewing the pictures, especially from the seats at the sides of the theater, the floor has been built with a slight bowl effect, placing every seat in the main orchestra and balcony on a direct sight line with the screen. This is one of many innovations to be found in the attractive new playhouse. A specially designed carrier air conditioning system under thermostatic control ensures uniformly pleasant temperatures in all parts of the house at all seasons of the year. Modern lighting fixtures in the Collie Theater, built especially for it, are so designed that they afford a working combination of seven different colors and shades. These were done by Capital City Electric Company of Des Moines, Iowa. Enhancing the interior beauty of the new theater are two great oil paintings symbolical of the evolution of the dance through the centuries. These paintings, which extend 28 feet along the side walls of the theater, required the services of five artists for four weeks to execute them. Decorations in the theater, embodying many ultra-modern effects, were done by the famous Brunet Studios of New York City. I'll note here that an especially well-preserved example of Brunet's work can be seen at the Bird Theater in Richmond, Virginia. Accenting the note of luxury in the new Collie Theater are beautifully textured carpets of the seamlock type, which were developed at the opening of the Century of Progress exposition in Chicago, were used extensively there, and have gained rapidly in popularity since. Cosmetic and restrooms for the ladies, and a smoking room for men, are among the conveniences to be found on the first floor level. The sound equipment produced a wide tonal range and high and low notes with as much fidelity as those in the middle register, a feature that recommends itself immediately to discriminating motion picture patrons. In select seats, Wilder also installed additional sound equipment to enhance the movie-going experience for patrons who were hearing impaired, as he had at the Newport. In addition to all of these creature comforts, Wilder sought to offer superior personal service. The house attaches, under modified military discipline, will be happy to perform any reasonable service desired without gratuities. Each has been trained thoroughly to serve you with courtesy and expediency. Moving to the outside of the building, a vertical sign spelling Kali was centered on the smooth, stepped limestone facade with its symmetric, geometric patterned windows. On the whole, the interior and exterior treatments together culminated in a fine example of an Art Deco theater. A Second Life The Kali ceased to be a wilder theater in the mid-1960s, and in early 1967, it reopened as the Narrow under Levine Theatrical Enterprises. Levine operated several Norfolk neighborhood theaters, including the Riverview, the Rosna, the Roselle, and the Memrose. In 1977, the Narrow became an independent theater showing foreign, art house, and classic films, and has operated successfully as such ever since. The Collie is Norfolk's only Art Deco-style theater, and the only one of the city's remaining neighborhood theaters that still serves its original function. I think that, once again, we can give credit to Wilder for bringing neighborhood theaters to Hampton Roads in the 1930s, for bringing the shows to the people. 
This concludes our mini-series on William Wilder and his neighborhood theaters in Eastern Virginia. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us again soon. And until then, may your seats be ever in the center.